You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, May 1st, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Dan Rubin. Second straight Monday, I get to be joined by Dan, which is a, a quite a treat. A lot to get into. We're going to get to the draft stuff. This show is also all going to be about like looking back on our predictions and talking about the draft. We'll get to that. But Dan and I both cut our teeth in the newspaper business back in the day. We don't want to bury the lead. We don't want anything that should be above the fold to be below the fold. So we're going to start with what a... Great weekend it was for the Buckeyes. They landed two good players in the portal, one really good one that they needed, and they landed a running back uh, in the 2024 class. Let's start with the portal. Josh Simmons is the one they really needed. I'm not saying he's a superstar or anything, Dan, but um, I, he played really well as a redshirt freshman last year at San Diego State. He's going to come in here and he's going to compete for a job at offensive tackle. We've been telling people on the Bucknuts Morning 5 and on Bucknuts that they're going to land an offensive tackle and Josh Simmons was the one, and um, great get for the Buckeyes. Let's start with that. Tremendous get. Uh, we've known for a while now that Justin Fry was on it, and um, Josh Simmons, he knows well from his West Coast stint with UCLA and recruited him. Um, if you look at the, the original offer list, it's uh, absolutely comparable to an Ohio State player, so that's good. This guy falls back into my ideal transfer window, dude. And then I think he has three years of eligibility left and he's a high quality player. So like Davis and Igbenosan, this is a pretty much ideal fit. I think he's widely regarded as the best tackle on the market. So you're talking about going to get in the best safety, in my opinion, John Carter, the best corner long-term and Igbenosan now the best tackle. I think you can expect him to start at right tackle or at least be in competition for it. So uh, Justin Fry told us if they offer him, they plan to get him and uh, he got him. So I think we thought he would, I think we thought he would leave Columbus with a commitment to the Buckeyes and that happened. So kudos to them for getting that done. I love it. 
Yeah, and you mentioned it. He's not going to come in here and be a surefire starter at right tackle, but he'll compete for that job. And now they have, they feel good about Josh Fryer, not that he lit the world on fire. Um, and But I, I asked Coach Day at the end of the spring, has, has Fryer locked that job down at left tackle? He stopped short of saying that. But, um, you know, even Josh Simmons was telling our Bill Curlick that, you know, he's probably, he's going to compete at right tackle because he was told Josh Fryer is going to be the left tackle. But now they have four guys at tackle, with Fryer, with Simmons, and then, of course, Tegra and Zen. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be a nice battle at right tackle. I won't be surprised if Josh Simmons wins that job. All right. Um, let's go to Jordan Lyle next. That's the other Ooh. one that, you know, I, I really like it. Man, three running backs in the recruiting class. I like this. Tony Alford getting work done. And I like getting back into that St. Thomas Aquinas pipeline, Dan. I had a, somebody ask me on the BM5 a month or so ago, like, how come – we're not, you know, tapping into that St. Thomas Aquinas pipeline. I was like, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. There you go. So Jordan Lyle, great get. Now they have another offensive player in this class. I did get a kick out of one of our posters on Bucknuts when uh, the story went up. Somebody replied just, can he play defense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, he's a running back. But anyway, uh, another good get for Tony Offord and the Buckeyes. I'm sure he could play corner if you really needed him to. He's that talented. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a great – a review of this from Mark Porter. You're talking about real speed here. You're talking if you watch his video, and we all know that St. Thomas Aquinas plays, you know, extremely legit schedule. He is running away from dudes. He's what I call a seam buster. You see guys have the angle on them, and then the band starts playing. So, in terms <laughs> of explosiveness and all that stuff, second to none. A little bit like James Peoples, which is interesting in that. The other running back is a speedster. I think we need to stop calling if we want to do the whole putting the roster together correctly and and, and semantics using running backs. Sam Williams Dixon is going to be an athlete uh, in the in the Curtis Samuel role. So for those of you worrying about, oh, we only take this number of running backs and such, we can semantically change that around to get another guy in the class. And Jordan Lyle is that dude. He's been interested for a while. Um I would not be um, disparaged if that fits for a word here by his ranking. Um, If you're kicking butt at St. Thomas Aquinas and running like he does and have the offer list he has, your ranking tends to follow. So tremendous pickup. Um, Tony Alford got his work done early in the cycle. Uh, I did find it kind of ironic that the, First two running backs off the board in the draft were once silently committed to Ohio State in the same class. So good mm-hmm. gracious for that. But I digress. Yeah, that that, uh, that definitely jumped out at me as well with B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. By the way, the Lions, man, reach and then really reach with their first two picks. Just to get off to, on a quick uh, draft tangent there before we delve into the Ohio State angle with the draft. Um, all right, so – Great get with Jordan Lyle. People have asked, well, why, why is he ranked so low? Well, just like like Dan just said, follow, especially this, it's not that early in the process, but somewhat early still. Um, look at the offer list. Mm-hmm. If a guy, you know, if Ohio State wants a guy and, and he, you know, he's probably underrated, you know, and especially when you look at his offer list in addition to Ohio State. So look for his ranking to go up. All right, Lorenzo Styles. Um, not going to be an impact guy, but is going to add depth at corner. Um we knew this was coming, so no big surprise. But what do you make of uh, Lorenzo Styles? Do you think he's going to have any impact other than being a depth piece? Well, it would be hard to say that now, considering we haven't even seen him play the position he's transferring into, though 
Diamante Trainum seemed to have some good success coming home, as it were, and switching positions. So I guess that's possible. Um, I will tell you this, and I, maybe this is just me. The first thing I thought about was, man, this is going to make Sonny happy. I think he'll play better. And uh, it's a legacy and a local guy who was very talented. Now, uh, I do think if I'll put it to you this way. If they get into a Georgia situation like last year, don't be surprised if Lorenzo Styles start running, starts running a few out routes because uh, he's a multi-talented dude. I have no problem taking him. You're going to get uh, transfers in the portal for all, for all different reasons. A talented guy coming home where his dad played here and his brother's on the team feels like a couple of those reasons. All right. Now we want to talk about Tywone Malone as well, the other transfer that took a visit to Ohio State. Uh, this weekend, Tom on YouTube asked how it went with Tywon Malone. What are you hearing about Tywon Malone, Dan, the D-tackle? Tywon Malone from Ole Miss, defensive tackle. We all remember him for his recruitment. When uh, a scene of him taking batting practice, it's like a David Ortiz combo with a defensive tackle. <laughs> Leaving Ole Miss is going to play baseball again at his second destination. I learned that Ole Miss is really good at baseball. If they didn't win the championship, they were in the mix, and I don't think he got many at bat. So I I don't follow baseball like yourself, Dave, obviously from your coverage. But um, uh, Ohio State could use him. I don't even know if he's that good. But I don't think they're as good as Ohio, Ole Miss. Ohio State's not, right, right, right. The Big Ten. He wants the bats. He's come to the right place. Like defensive tackle. Yeah, defensive yeah. tackle is interesting, though. It's like I kind of feel like they have – for the first time in a long time, a really quality four-man rotation. Malone is a guy, another guy, though, with plenty of years of eligibility. He left without committing back to Oxford. My understanding is the other schools in the mix, one of them is Miami. And when you put in the baseball and cash factor, and by cash I mean money, I could see Taiwan Malone going to uh, Miami. He's expected to visit, but I think they're, they're baseball too, though. Good luck getting your bats there. They're they're really good at baseball too. No, that's a factory. So um he wants to play baseball, he should come here. Fair for at bats for yes. usage here, maybe for defensive yep. tackle snaps, Miami. So we'll see how that works out. Yep. Um, all right, let's get to the draft stuff. One thing I'm gonna ask you if there is a you know, if you think there's an issue at Ohio State um uh, with players leaving earlier than they should compared to other top programs. We see it all the time, but um, but let's start with our predictions. All right, Stroud, we, we pretty much nailed it. I had him going second. You had him going fourth. He went second. I was glad to see that. Paris Johnson Jr., you were closer. You had him going seventh. He went sixth. I had him going ninth. Great to see that. Um, happy for Monica, who long time, you know, often guest on the on Bucknuts Morning 5. Jackson Smith and Jigba, you had him 11th. I had him 12th. He fell to 20th, but great fit for him. He gets a slide right in there with the, with the Seahawks and Got DK Metcalf out there with them. Great get by the Seahawks. And JSN was the first wide receiver off the board, which I liked. All by right. the way, boarding house item from a few weeks ago. Much ado about nothing. JSN will likely be the first receiver off the board and picked in the top 20. So that source knew what he was talking about. And believe me, he does. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he'd be the first uh, wide receiver off the board, but 12th. So, yeah, I, you know, just, just a bit outside there, but whatever. I'll, I'll take it. Um, but once those trades right. kicked in, you know, you don't know. At least he was the first receiver off the board, which is the sure. important. And he landed in a great spot. All right, Zach Harrison, you said late third. I said early fourth. He went in the third. 
Um, all right, then, the, geez, we both said second round for DeWand. He fell to the fourth. We'll get mm-hmm. into that. Luke Whippler is the one I really want to get into. We both said third round. He fell to the sixth. A great job by the Cleveland Browns. That's a great value there. That's the one I want to get into. All right. I This was never on my radar that he was even going to leave early. Had the great game against Georgia. I think people you know, just got in his ear was like, oh, you're going to be at least a third-round pick. There's no way he would have left if he thought he was going to be a third-day pick, in my opinion. And we see this all the time at Ohio State. I mean, Ronnie Hickman's another example. Even though he's a fourth-year guy, not a third-year guy, he could have come back. He announced before the Michigan game, Dan, that he was turning pro. Jim Trestle, I mean, like, during the Trestle, I remember Santonio Holmes. We all knew he was leaving in 2005. We all knew it, and we would ask him, Santonio, are you leaving? He's like, I, I, I'm, I haven't made that decision yet. We're like, sure. And on the field after the Fiesta Bowl, after they beat Notre Dame in 2005, Santonio Holmes told us, I'm turning pro. I knew all along, but Trest didn't want me to say anything until the season was over. You have guys now announcing before the Michigan game that they're turning pro early, and they don't even get drafted. And then Luke Whipler turns pro. He's a sixth-round pick. Mm-hmm. I don't get it, Dan. I feel like Ohio State, and even in basketball, feels like Ohio State for a big time, even compared to the other big-time programs, they have too many guys leave early that should not leave early, in my opinion. Basketball is a whole other can of worms, which I'd be, happy to, yeah. I'd be happy to do in the uh, post pod that we do on C-SPAN for premium subscribers. <laughs> but um, as for – so I like to take this on a case-by-case basis. I definitely think, generally speaking, guys come to Ohio State to go to the NFL as much as any other program. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few that stand out. Um, I don't necessarily put Michigan in that group as you use them as a comparison. Maybe they're getting there, but I've said this many times. When you come to Ohio State, when you hear a guy make an Ohio State announcement, he never says, I'm coming for four years. It's become, you know, trite now or the uh, pattern now to say, I'm coming for three years, meaning they already know they want to leave early. Throw in a red Maybe shirt. Three hardly, or four. Right. Yeah. Right. Throw in a red shirt. We hardly knew ye. So, um, and that happens. That's the thing. Enough. Enough guys come here and do that, that the pattern or the, the trend has been set. And then who, who doesn't want to do that? Who doesn't want to cash in early? Now, the issue is, look, I also grasp, generally speaking, some guys just don't want to be in college anymore and want to go get it done in the pros. And regardless of where you get picked, you just much rather be doing that. That I understand. I don't think that's the case with Whipler. It could be, but I don't believe that's the case. I think he just got some bad information. You know, um, I don't know. The Ronnie Hickman one is a little different for me in that I'm not sure he'd been here long enough. You know what I'm saying? It's like sometimes your time has come to go. I don't think Ronnie was going to be able to show on the field anything more than he'd already shown. Whipler is a different case. He's a younger guy. Another another year. I mean, he would have gotten a lot of credit this year for being a leader of the line and a young guy kind of, you know, he that's you want to move up as the center? That's kind of a way to do it. So I think he got some bad information. Now, like I said, he may just not like being a student. And I can tell you this. I was not a good college student. I hated school. I hate to say that out loud, but it's true. I would have left early if they would have given me $100. So – I can't you speak. like at the University of Dayton. You like hanging out at, at the at UD. Yeah, that's but you called the student neighborhood. The going, to class part, the going to class part is not was not high I on your list. My game, except it was basketball in the recplex, and they didn't pay me a cent. So, 
Uh, I have I have no problem with Whipler leaving, and I will because I don't know if he wanted to be in school or not. It hurt the team. That's the only one I can sit back and say right now as I look who had a chance to. St- Everybody knew. Uh, I'll give you an example. Paris Johnson. He could have said he was coming here for three years, and you have the right to say that when you're the number one guy, and you were literally the prototype, which is why I said I knew he'd be top ten. Common sense ruled the day with him and CJ, but we digress. Um, we knew Dewan was leaving. There's no argument for Dewan staying. I don't. I don't right. see that. It's case by case basis, man. Um, I think part of the problem is some of the guys think just by getting into Ohio State and getting on the field that they're a guaranteed pro. And that's just not the case. It's hard to make the NFL, man. It's hard to do it on the offensive line. If you look, it's hard. Like uh, Osiris Torrance, who I know I wanted the Cowboys to get. He's a transfer from Florida. Tyler Steen, who played at um, Alabama and dropped in the draft, he transferred from Vanderbilt. It's hard in the transfer portal. I'm not sure we found the right way to put together an offensive line yet across the board. With skill players, it seems to be easier to just put them in there or whatever. I think offensive line with the continuity factor, I'm not sure that the transfer portal has caught up to make a great offensive line yet. But the rest of the positions um, – case-by-case basis. Hickman, I think, is more a guy who maybe was going to be more famous at Ohio State and well-known than he'll ever be again kind of thing, possibly, and took that and ran with it, but I could be wrong. I'm not wrong, but I could be. And he was a fourth-year guy. I don't mind that Ronnie left. I just, I don't mean to single him out. It's just, that was an example of, man, times have certainly changed. I'm going to sound like old man get off my lawn, but like, the week of the Michigan game is not the time to pull that shit, in my opinion. Like, be focused on Michigan. Don't announce you're leaving pro, and then you don't even get drafted. I mean, what are you doing here? Again, I mean, there's been guys who are locked to be in the first round. And, yeah, Ronnie didn't come out and just have a declaration. I'm turning pro, everybody. He was asked the question, to be clear. But, as I said, San Antonio Holmes, and there's a, I could list many others were asked the question. And they are able to lie to the media and say, I haven't made that decision yet. I'm focused on the Michigan game. Anyway. Hey, Dave, there's some question. There was some question on Dewan Jones there, which I, I think okay. I have a good answer for. So yeah. I don't the coverage I follow for the draft is actually the Dallas Cowboys draft show. And while that sounds um, very uh, specific, it's because they have a former uh, scout who runs the show. This is actually the show that Dane Brugler started on. So I like it because everybody on the show does their own scouting. People have different opinions and such. But it's also good because they get different information. Um, and when Dewan Jones was dropping, the scout gets on the phone and he calls his, and I want to give him credit here, his gang of seven, which is seven uh, general managers that he used to work with. So here's the word on Dewan Jones. The two, uh, they call it dirty, and I don't mean that in a negative way, uh, Injury reports, two dirtiest injury reports were Darnell Washington, the tight end who dropped, and Dewan Jones. Apparently, Dewan has a stinger issue um, that I wasn't aware of. That's breaking news. Here. Yeah. You're breaking news. I'm not. This is uh, Brian Rodas at DallasCowboys.com, and it's probably in the vernacular now. He also uh, has some concussion issues, apparently, but it also hurt him that he only did one day at at the uh, senior bowl, senior bowl, excuse me, kick and he showed up to pro day overweight, and he showed up to but, pro day overweight, yeah, and then he showed up to pro day overweight and didn't do anything. And I heard a term like watched his brothers work out and such. So 
if your weight is an issue and then your effort becomes an issue and then your nerve damage and your shoulders becomes an issue, you could see why he drops. The fourth round is the first round that they call, this is, I'm regurgitating, the blemish round. Um, guys who maybe like extracurricular activities a little too much, guys who are have an injury history, uh, guys who are young at the position, the fourth round is usually the first one where you see the dice being rolled. I think one, two, and three, you expect to get a starter, generally speaking. So that's the word on uh, Dewan Jones. That said, he just needs to get healthy. And uh, the beauty of all this is that we can talk about the draft all you want. All they need to do is go there and you get a, you get a clean slate wherever you go. Trust me. Another good value pick by the Browns. If it doesn't work out, it's a fourth round pick, as you said. It's a, you know, it's a. That's you why know. you do it in the fourth round. Exactly. Because- I, you know, I'm saying this as a Bengal fan. I think the Browns had a really good draft and they didn't even have a pick till the third round. It was like value pick, value pick, value pick, value pick. I hate to even admit it because it's the Browns, but, uh, also, hey, let's- kudos, kudos to the Browns for drafting. Well, I thought the Bengals drafted well. Go ahead. What were you saying? I do think the draft has gotten to the point now where, and listen, I applaud everybody for starting a podcast and doing what they want. There are a lot of experts out there who build a consensus on guys that may not be super accurate. And many of these draft reviews are, if you pick someone in the fourth round that the reviewer has heard of, you get a good grade. Uh, For example, the Eagles are getting a ton of credit for drafting Jalen Carter, which I find a little bit comical because the idea is, hey, we're going to get him up um, around all the people he knows so he's comfortable. He was just around all those same people in Georgia. How'd that go? Pretty good? All right, do that again. See how that works out. So we can also get into the fact. Keep him away from any cars, any any raceways, any Fast and Furious um, episodes. And fast food, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, Todd, we're going to talk about, are we going to talk about our, uh, our, our diverged allegiances and how hard it is to be a fan of Buckeyes when, go ahead. Yeah, when you're when a Michigan player is drafted by uh, your favorite NFL team, yeah, the first two it's picks, tough. it's tough. Yeah, your Cowboys and my Bengals were liking the Michigan play, uh, players. Yep, it's second the ghost of the Bengals is the ghost of Chris Perry following us down in Taco Charlton. How about this for a statistic? The last nine Cowboys first round draft picks, seven have been named All Pro. The two that haven't, Tyler Smith, last year, and he's got a good chance. And Taco Charlton. Taco Charlton. Yep. I literally you and I were when they took Taco Charlton. We're like terrible pick. He like owes why. Isaiah Prince money. If it wasn't for Isaiah Prince, Taco Charlton never would have sniffed the first round. But he had like ten sacks that game or something like that. I exaggerated a little bit, but went for worse. Isaiah Prince in that 2016 game. Taco Charlton would have been a first. It's like Tim Tim Biakabatuka still owes Ohio State money for the 1995 game, or Biakabatuka never would have been a first round. I covered Tim Biakabatuka against Ohio State. His best NFL game was the first half against the Redskins. I, I was covering the Redskins, whatever they're called now. I was actually they're covering the game. I think he was like nine for 140. And he didn't get the ball in the second half, and, and the Panthers lost. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Taco, I have a policy. I'm not drafting the first round a guy that didn't get offered by the school 20 minutes away. Okay. <laughs> You can't come to the team. That's my rule. That, that that still leaves a mark. That that literally was the main topic of conversation among Cowboys fans. They're still scarred 
And uh, Mozzie yeah. Smith better be the truth. That's all I got to say. Yeah, we'll see. All right, I want to ask you about this too. This is one that was not on my radar because I had heard he's going to be the starting kick returner, but he's good. So he wants to obviously start this year, and that's Caleb Brown. He was the second-year receiver that I was told he's got a chance. You know, because the, most of the second-year receivers, we always already know Caleb Burton transferred, mm-hmm. um, but Caleb Brown was the one they said had a chance on the slot and to be a starting kick returner this year. Obviously, wasn't going to be the starting slot receiver this year. So he's starting material. So he's transferring. What do you make of that, Dan? I think you nailed it right there. Um, behind closed doors, obviously, we have talked about who we think is going to transfer. And, you know, one of the – you can just apply this formula to any transfer really across the board. If you're if you're older than the guy behind you and he's playing in front of you, you should transfer. Um, it's not that complicated. And when you then break it down to wide receiver at Ohio State – most of the guys behind you are going to be super talented. Not only that, um, I think Caleb Brown, you know, has eyes and sees Carnell Tate run routes and is like, yikes. But you, I think you really nailed it. And that Caleb Brown, I think, will go somewhere else and probably be their starting slot receiver and have a mm-hmm. chance to be really good. Like you mentioned, of the group, and this group has been passed over, like you said already with Caleb Burton, uh, we'd heard the most good things about Caleb Brown. I would not be surprised. I have no information on this, but could this be a Lorenzo style for Caleb Brown straight up trade? I have no idea, but I know he's a Midwest kid and Notre Dame liked him. So I could see him going to the Flying Irish and, com- and com- uh, contributing early on. There's also been some talk about, I know that you're just talking about trade. They're going to each other's, you know, switching schools. There's also been some talk. Have you heard the rumors about Lorenzo styles that he could be, a preferred walk-on for a year. Obviously, he'd get NIL money, and I don't think the family's struggling for money anyway. Have you heard that rumor? And if if I've not heard the rumor, the but it, it makes perfect sense given uh, my ability to do math under a hundred. Once we hit the three digits, I tend to back out and get the get the phone out. But we have a lot of guys, and the number's eighty-five. So you're going to have to get creative. My guess is Lorenzo would be a candidate for that and still be in good graces with the program. That certainly makes sense, doesn't it? It does. And that might be one of those things where if they're at 84, then he would be 85. But if they're at 85 and he'd be 86, but doesn't matter because he'd be taken care of with NIL and all that. So a yeah. little, little loophole that uh, will be exposed there, not just by Ohio state, but if that's, if that's going to be something that that's legal, then teams are going to expose it. No doubt about it. Great. All stuff loopholes will be exposed. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Great stuff from Dan Rubin. I appreciate it, Dan. Thank you to all the viewers and listeners. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. 
This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.